Oh, my friend, no problem. So uh, we'll pick up from where we left off. I'll start with uh, um, introducing you again. Um, I'm with Phil McConkie, uh, U.S. Naval uh, Academy graduate, 27-year-old rookie. And we talked about how it felt being a 27-year-old rookie signed by a team with such a winning record, uh, what you thought of Phil Barcells um, and Phil Sims. So I want to get to 1985 where you had your best season as a Giant, Phil. Well, yeah, and I got I to gotta back up and correct something. Okay. Because when I got there, um, actually I was in camp in 83. It right. wasn't a winning uh, – hadn't didn't have a winning uh, – uh, atmosphere around there. You know, Parcells came in in '83 as a head coach to to, to rectify that. So, right. I, I think I think it had been since the '50s. So, right, that's true. It was uh, 30 years of lousy football, as the uh, as the banners over the stadium said at one point. That's that's the truth. So, in 1985, you caught 25 passes for 104 yards. Uh, you returned 53 punts for 442 yards and kickoffs for 234 yards. Um, did you enjoy being, you know, involved in the three different uh, areas uh, of the team? Well, as a player, as an athlete, you want to be involved all the time. So however I could get on the field, um, I would do my best to be able to get out there and contribute. So the more I played, uh, you know, the better I felt. And that's with any athlete. You know, you want to be out there. And, uh any way possible to get on the field, uh, I was trying to do it. Um, I mean, what was what was the coaching staff, Bill Parcells? What was his reaction to that year for you? Uh, I imagine they were happy with with what you did. No, never <laughs> happy, never satisfied. Um, especially the way the year ended in Chicago, yeah, with uh, a loss against the Bears and fifty mile an hour winds and. 20 below zero temperatures, and that was pretty brutal. Um, that was a really brutal loss. It sticks with me today. I think more about that than I do winning a Super Bowl. Wow. That, that's that's where Sean Landetta missed the uh, the punt, right, when the ball blew away from him? Yeah. Um, we, uh, we had a chance early in that game and uh, didn't obviously didn't do enough, and it was 21 nothing, and uh, pretty frustrating. I, I can imagine. I mean, I remember watching that game, too, and uh, – uh, even Parcell says, if you guys played him nine out of ten times, you'd probably beat him all nine, all nine times uh, out of the ten uh, if the conditions were better. So, um, so he 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 wasn't too happy with it either. Um, in the playoff game versus the 49ers, and and you guys really it became a heck of a rivalry there, uh, the Giants and the 49ers uh, during the 80s and, and even into the 90s. Um, you had one game where you caught a 28-yard touchdown pass. Um, I guess that helped prepare the, uh, propel the Giants to a win. Um, what was the importance uh, to that catch for the win, uh, Phil? Well, I think we blew them out. You know, if you take away that seven points, we still blow them out. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, uh, yeah, I remember it was one man-to-man coverage. I think they were blitzing. Um, you know, I beat my guy on a go route. Sims got hit right in the mouth as he released the ball. I mean, right in the mouth right. and delivered an absolutely, you know, pinpoint bomb. Um, all I had to do was stick out my arms because it was a perfect throw. Right. Um, that, I think that was the game you, that the, the Giants won 49 to nothing, if I'm not mistaken. 
three. Right, right. Right. He gave him a field goal just to make him feel good. Um, yeah. Parcells had a really good record against uh, the great coaches of that era. Um, you know, uh, Mike Dick, uh, Bill Walsh, um, Joe Gibbs. What made what made him uh, what made him so good against these coaches? Yeah, I think he was in, he was the ultimate competitor, and you know you want to do your best against the best, and that's how you measure yourself. And he measured up, as you said, uh, quite nicely against the best and the legends. And uh, um, you know he and his staff uh, did a masterful job at at leading you know that team and those teams because. You know, Bill Parcells refused to accept excuses from his players. And, you know, when you know an excuse is neither accepted nor tolerated, you get more out of yourself and you you do more. And, um, yeah, they were there was just a, a pretty impressive staff of coaches that uh, were put together by Bill back then. Yes. Um... In fact, if you look at that staff at one point between him and Belichick and Tom Coughlin, gosh, I remember at Super Bowl 50, they had won 10 of the Super Bowls, 20% yes. at one staff. Yes, yes. Uh, he, he said he was he was a coach of coaches, uh, is what he used yeah. to say. Um, yeah, he, he held everybody accountable, man. Everybody everybody was accountable. There was no, no resting, no relaxing uh, in that organization with him as head coach. During your years with the, with, with the Giants, the New York, uh, the defense was a dominating uh, a crew. Uh, what were your first impressions of Carson, Lawrence Taylor, you know, uh, George Martin? Um, what Carl was your... Banks, Jim Burns, yes. Leonard Marshall. Yes. Our front seven was as good as anybody. Um, I, uh, I was in awe of them. They were, you know, incredible battlers and competitors and just gave us the ball a lot of times to give our offense uh, a lot of opportunity and, um, you know, Parcells being a defensive coach, you know, he wanted the defense to make all the noise, which they did, and he just didn't want the offense to screw it up. <laughs> That's part of his persona as a, you know, three yards in a cloud of dust, pretty conservative, run the ball on first down, throw when you have to. Uh, but uh, that served us well. But then you get to the Super Bowl, and Parcells was as daring as any coach ever in any Super Bowl, especially their first Super Bowl, because he went totally contrary to who he was right. as a coach. You know, we had trick plays that we never used. I mean, he's faking punts. He's throwing flea flickers. He's throwing the ball consistently on first down instead of running, which we did against Denver just a couple months before when we played him at our place in November right. in a tight game. Right. Uh, and I know we caught them off guard. And I know on that flea flicker, when I came across the middle, I had never been uh, involved in such bedlam in my life. They, When they realized they had gotten caught, they were trying to get back into place, the defensive secondary and linebackers. And, man, they were just spurring around with chickens with their heads cut off because they were so fooled. And I don't think I've ever been so wide open at, at any point in my life in any game. I, I remember that play. Um, the – when you guys practice, you practice against the Belichick Parcells defense. I mean, that must have been brutal for you guys. Oh, I think you know what, what's that old saying? Uh, metal sharpens metal, so True. they uh, they give it to us pretty good. And uh, you know, uh, you got in the games, you knew what it was going to be like because you were playing against some pretty incredible defenders in practice. So. 
yeah, it was, uh, they, they tested us and you know what we gave, we tested them too. We gave them all they could handle in practice and we had a lot of competitors. So it was good stuff. Yeah. It made you guys a, a much better team. Um, in 1986, now you get to the Super Bowl. Can you describe the uh, the feeling you had when you knew you were going to the Super Bowl? Yeah, that was the game against the Redskins and 40, 50 mile an hour wins. And, um, you know, we beat them 17 nothing. And that was a pretty incredible feeling that I didn't get to really enjoy until the end because, you know, when you're a punt returner and the winds are blowing up to 50 miles an hour, all you can think about is concentrating on catching the ball because you don't want to fumble it away. Um, but afterwards, it was a, a mini relief and, uh, you know, that we got to at least have a, a respite for a night or two right. before we had to start preparing for uh, the Super Bowl. So it was a pretty incredible thing. You know, the best part was we were in front of our own fans. and They yeah. got to enjoy that. Right. And uh, like I said before, it had been 30 years before the Giants had won anything. What was the practice, uh, the practice like the week before the Super Bowl? Uh, we were on fire, man. We were out in California and... We were just, Sims was just smoking. He didn't miss a thing. And it even got to the point where Parcells, first time ever, he's like, oh, hold on, guys, slow down. Let's save some for the game. Right. You know, because we were practicing so well uh, when we were out there. When you get to the Super Bowl, um, the quarterback, John Elway, and the Denver offense was talked about, a, a lot, I would say, a lot more than the offense of the Giants. Did, did you guys... Do you feel you guys were like um, like underrated compared to the Broncos? No, not at all. I don't, you know, we, but we always played with a chip on our shoulder. So it didn't matter, you know, about the Broncos or being underrated. Uh, you know, we had a chip on our shoulder and we didn't care about anything else. We had been, we, 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 we tasted that bitter defeat against Chicago, as I said before, in the playoffs the year before. And that's what propelled us. You know, it wasn't feeling slighted. You know, it wasn't anything versus the Broncos. I mean, what set the stage for that Super Bowl win was the loss in Chicago the year before because that is something that we just did not want to repeat, and we did everything in our power to avoid it. Wow. What I mean, you're at the Super Bowl. What does is, what is Bill Parcells say to you before the game, Phil? There's not much. In fact, I think in that game, he didn't have much at all to say. You know, we were prepared and ready for that game uh, as any game ever. Um, and it was pretty much just go out and do what you know how to do. That There was no big rah-rah uh, talk. And even at halftime, you know, we're only we're down by a point. Probably didn't play that well. And even then, he just says, hey, you know, you guys know what to do. It's uh, just down by a point. We couldn't have played any worse football in the first half. So I'm sure we'll do better now. So, again, there wasn't any magical uh, – Bra Rob, Newt Rockney talk. We, we, we were pretty experienced and knew what we needed to do, and we went out and did it. it it's been said that Parcells was like a, uh, a psychologist, that he knew what buttons to push, you know, to who he had to, to push harder, uh, who he, he would just let go, and he knew they were going to play the, the game the way it was supposed to be played. What kind of player were you, uh, Phil? I was just on fire my whole time. I was a guy that was on the fringe. Yeah, I'm 27 years old, 100 and barely under 60 pounds. I hadn't played football in five years. It was a monumental task to even make the team. And even when I made it, you know, there's no guarantee I'm going to be there next week or next month or next year. And every day I had a fight for my job and laid all on the line because, you know, I knew that every day could be my last day in the NFL. 
and I wanted to last as long as possible. So I had to give everything I had to give all day, every day. There was no relaxing. There was, uh, you know, there was enjoyment. There was satisfaction. But, you know, fear is a great motivator. And I was motivated by fear of, of getting cut. Yeah. The, uh, in the 1986 uh, Super Bowl is where you became, and, and, and you know, you, you might disagree with me, but a lot of fans consider you a hero for that 1986 uh, Super Bowl performance. Um, as you said, you caught that flea flicker, uh, your punt return to set up the first field goal. And, of course, that the, the video you always see when you watch the 86 Super Bowl, the ball going off Bavaro's fingertips and you making that catch. Um, I mean, do you realize how, how big a hero you were to them Giant fans after that game? You know, it was a, it was a, just a great relief that we didn't screw up. And again, I keep going back to Chicago the year before. And what motivates great competitors is the fear of failure, the hatred of losing sticks with you, and is more much more intense than the joy of winning. Right. Um, I, my college days, I, I lost once to Army. I think about that more than I think about the three games we won. Wow because it still eats at me and that's sure. who we were and to get to that point that's what <laughs> has to motivate you so uh winning's just a relief you didn't lose right um yeah you get to enjoy it but man the the emotions and the intensity of failure is is much greater than than victory for success and i can understand that when i coach and i coached uh midgets in high school i think about the losses more than i think about the wins you know what i could have yeah. done what i should have done and i still think about those today too Sure. Um, so a lot of people don't know this, but uh, right after the Super Bowl, you found a gun on the field, and uh, you know the uh, I guess a policeman got in a scuffle with one of the fans going in. You returned it to him. Um, so that was interesting to me. I never knew that before. Well, I, you know, there's conflicting reports whether a policeman dropped it wrestling with a fan, or a fan had it and was about to do some harm, and something happened. So. Um, there's still, it's still not clear. Uh, you know, I'm a little suspectful of a cop losing it for, first of all, I don't know cops that carry 357 Magnums. Um, it was a massive weapon. Number one, number two, you know, that cop would have been reprimanded or, you know, you lose your gun that there's repercussions to be had and nobody said a word about it and nobody identified anybody. So, you know, it could be, uh, that, 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 Somebody was intending to do some harm. So, yeah, score a touchdown on the Super Bowl and save some lives all a day's work. I'll take it. <laughs> uh, so, um, you know, you guys win the game. You're in the locker room. I imagine you guys are, are just, you know, uh, uh, unbelievably happy. What does Bill Parcell say to you guys after the game? Just, I just remember him saying that this is, you know, one of the greatest moments of your life. You'll take this with you forever. Wow. I, I mean, you know, it was pretty, uh, it's a great moment. Yeah, yeah. So you're released from the Giants, I think it was in 1987, Phil? Pardon me? Uh, you were released from the Giants in 1987, is that correct? No, uh, I was released in, uh, in 83, I was placed on military reserve. I was released 86 and then traded back four weeks later. Okay. And then I was released again in 89. Okay. Um, did you have any hard feelings about being released, Phil? 
Oh yeah, I was pissed off, of course. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. It, I thought it was. Of course, you always think you're a competitor. You don't think you deserve it. And I still don't. In in who broke the news to you? Was it was it Parcells and and, yeah. and how yeah. did he do it? Uh, face to face. In my office and said, oh. you know, said uh, you know some tough things to overcome. Um, you know. Right. And uh, but now I'm 32, almost going on 33 years old, and. They they drafted Dave Meggett, and uh, they made the right choice. <laughs> um, last question for you, uh, Phil. Um, what can you tell me or, or the listeners uh, uh, about Coach Parcells that people uh, don't know? I think it was uh, – there's a soft side there. Um, which has gotten softer over the years. Uh, you know, I talked to him periodically, and a couple of years ago, we ended a call, and he said, I love you. Wow. And I about froze, because it was like, never thought I'd hear those words out of his mouth, especially to me. Right. Uh, but um, he's an extremely intelligent, extremely thoughtful man um, who could have had great success in a multitude of other endeavors or businesses. Right. Wow. So, uh, Phil, I, I want to thank you for taking your time and, and doing the interview with me. Like I said, I'm, I've, I've been a giant fan since the days of Tarkenden. And, uh, you know, that you guys winning that team, that, that Super Bowl uh, was probably exci- as exciting for me as it was for you guys. Um, I, I, I loved watching you guys, uh, uh, as you said, erase 30 years of, of losing. And uh, it meant it meant a lot to to me and all the fans out there. All the things that that you guys did and, and how you guys played, it made us feel really good about you know being a Giants fan again. And uh, yeah. uh, again, I want to thank you. And do you have a problem if I play this interview on on my Facebook page? I, I have uh, Max Sports and the Northeast Stream sure. Sports. No, no worries. Okay, that's yeah, go ahead. that's great. And Phil, again, thank you. Thank you for your time. And, uh, You're welcome. And, and I'm talking to Byron next, so that should be interesting. All right. Nice. All right. Enjoy. Thank you. Phil. Thank you. See ya.